Welcome to Nebraska Farmcast, a special webinar recap edition. I'm Ryan Evans from the Farm and Ranch Management Team at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And on March 25th, we held a webinar in our weekly series called Understanding the How and Use of NAS Hog Inventory Reports. We were joined by Nick Streff, USDA NAS, and Elliot Dennis from here in the Department of Agricultural Economics at UNL. Streff is a director of the USDA NAS Northern Plains Regional Field Office here in Lincoln, where he oversees data collection, analysis, and publication of NAS estimates for North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas. And then uh, Dr. Elliot Dennis also discussed how that data is put to use and how producers can utilize that to incorporate into their hog marketing plans. So here is Dr. Elliot Dennis in a discussion with Nick Streff of the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service talking about what they discussed in their webinar on March 25th. And if you want to watch the entire webinar, it is available on our website at farm.unl.edu slash webinars. Well, thank you for joining with us today. Uh, I'm Elliot Dennis. Uh, joined today with us is Nick Streff, the Regional Director for the Northern Plains Office based here in Lincoln. And he oversees the data collection, analysts, and publication of NAS estimates for North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas. Specifically, Nick, you were talking about uh, maybe a little bit of a history of NAS and uh, what NAS does. Take us through a little bit of that history briefly for people who weren't able to join us and uh, what NAS does and doesn't do. Yeah, I can sure do that. So um, yeah, kind of my goal as talking of the history of NAS is just to uh, show folks that um, the data we provide um, has been you know, needed for you know, basically centuries. Um, uh, you know, when you look through it all the way back to 1791, when President Washington did a report, you know, there's always a need for uh, agriculture data. When we're talking about the food supply, nobody wants to be uncertain when it comes to food. So, um, and then when you jump ahead to President Lincoln establishing NAS in uh, 1862, I believe, um, you know, it was called the Division of Statistics then, but even from the beginning of the USDA, the need for talking to producers, uh, publishing estimates about food supply, about crop acreages, about livestock inventory was important. So I really wanted to share that, that it was important from the beginning. And then also to note that whether the producer can always draw that straight line to how the NAS data impacts them, you know, sometimes that can be a little bit difficult um, just to try and draw that parallel that, well, the producer may not be using it directly themselves or when a report comes out, they might not be rushing to their computer or their phone to you know, look at what the corn yield is gonna be. However, the co-op that they maybe buy their fertilizer from or market their grain with, or um, you know, when they're writing a new farm bill program, you know, NAS data is often the backbone behind all of that. So agribusinesses all around them are using it. Local governments are using it, policymakers are using it. So the data is going to be used for all. So our goal is to make sure it's the best data possible. So what does NAS not do? You mentioned a lot of things that they do do. They survey, they provide that. What, what are some things that NAS really shies away from? So we, we shy away from, away from any um, regulatory activities. So NAS, NAS is not like other USDA agencies. We don't have auditors. We don't have inspectors. Our goal is to call and talk to farmers and ranchers and collect the data. Another thing that NAS does not do is um, we don't have any political appointees. Um, other USDA agencies do, and that's fine. But from top to bottom, NAS 
we're all career federal employees. And I think that's a good thing. So it kind of keeps us out of the influence as uh, administrations change. Um, we have our kind of our, our goal from set from Congress, which is to publish principal economic indicators in the form of our crop reports and our livestock reports. And that law hasn't changed. So it's good that, you know, that that's our goal and what we're working towards. And also another thing NAS does not do, we do not share any information. We're basically like a black hole. Information is shared with us and it does not leave. We don't share it with any other USDA agencies. We don't share it with any other federal agencies. We simply use it to summarize it to publish state or county level estimates. So we do a try and do our best job to keep the data confidential and publish the best number we can. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I, I know NASA is used quite frequently and even in the industry for uh, trying to figure out market trends. Uh, specifically, we focused on one of those reports that's heavily used in the hog industry, the quarterly hogs and pigs report. And I think you made a good distinction between the uh, report that's made in December and the subsequent reports that happen in, um, throughout the year. Maybe just to start us off, just briefly touch on what makes the December report so unique uh, and then follow it up with uh, how does that change through the quarters? Sure. So December is what we like to consider our base period. That's when we sample all 50 states and publish a number for all 50 states. Um, and from there, December is also when we start with a new hog sample. So we randomly sample all the producers across the U.S. And we get a new sample in December, then we contact those same operators, March, June, and September, and then we get another new sample again in December. So that's another thing that makes December unique. It's a new sample and it's all 50 states. However, moving on to the March, June, and September quarters, we don't need to sample all 50 states. It's kind of, you could think of it as uh, extra pro producer burden. We can actually sample the largest 28 states and we're gonna get 99% coverage of the hog inventory. So we can actually leave those other 22 states out of it because there's such a small percentage of the total hog inventory. So it's just something we're trying to do. Once a year, we measure all states. And then from there, we have a good enough picture when we do the, the biggest 28 states to publish uh, a reliable quarterly number for March, June, and September. Great, thank you. What about uh, the reliability of these numbers? So. Um, how does NAS track the reliability of the estimates that they put out and uh, maybe talk about if there are mistakes or if you like updates, how does that, how does that process happen? Okay, so NAS does publish a reliability table. It's not unique to hogs. We publish it in cattle um, and in our crop reports as well and a lot of other reports. So we, we try to be very upfront about uh, what the number is, what our current estimate is, and how well we have performed over time. We, we don't shy away from that. Um, so in the back of the hogs and pigs publication, there is a table there called the reliability table. And there's a paragraph before that explains how it works. But basically for hogs and pigs, it looks over the last 20 quarters, so the last five years, and it notes um, from our first to final estimate, how big have our revisions been? So on average, I believe over the last 20 quarters, the, the inventory, uh, the average revision has been about 700,000 with the largest revision being 2.2 million and the smallest revision being 60,000. So our goal is to always publish the best number, but we're not gonna shy away from that. Yes, revisions are going to happen and will probably continue to happen. Another part of that reliability table is to note that 
is NAS normally estimating too big or too small? And that reliability table shows that nine times we've estimated too small and 10 times we've estimated too large. So once again, showing that um, we don't have a bias one way or the other, we're just trying to publish the best estimate possible. And it's noted in that book. And another thing to note is, I believe it's in March, we publish a book called the Livestock Track Records Report that has all this exact same information in it, but it actually goes back much further than 20 quarters and kind of shows a long history. We do the same thing for crops, just to note that, you know, these are the revisions. And to kind of put some context around that 2.2 million revision, which has been our largest in the last 20 quarters, that's roughly a 3% change. So once again, we want to get better, Every quarter we want to have the best number, but when you think about it, it was a 3% change on uh, 78 million. So still it was less than 5% adjusted. Thanks. So for producers who are interested in accessing this information, maybe they are not familiar with where NAS stores this information, or maybe they get it through a third party, uh, such as their market, uh, uh, the people who help them with their marketing, where can people go? And obviously it's a, a national agency. And so all of the information that you provide is a free public resource. It's not, not a cost. Where do producers actually go to maybe find and query this information? So uh, kind of two, two places they can stop at. One is just our general website, uh, nass.usda.gov, brings us to our general webpage and you can look for the programs. Um, the hogs and pigs program will be there. And each state level website as well has a state level release. So if they don't want to look in a national publication, they can go down to, you know, the state of Iowa or the state of Nebraska and get a, a state level narrative. But then the other thing they'd want to look for, if they want to pull a big chunk of data and do a little bit more analysis, they would want to go to our, our NAS level page and look under the um, data and statistics section and look for quick stats. And from there, they can build any type of query or spreadsheet and pull back our data going back as far as they need to. Um, to pull this data down and do some analysis with that as well. Yeah, I, I think I've used QuickStats quite a bit. And one of the things that I've really appreciated from NAS has been their desire to try to make that data available really free and to provide the resources for individuals to, to access that information. One of the things that they put out a couple of years ago was an API which for those people who aren't familiar with an API, it's basically allows direct access to the data frame and it can be used uh, in a variety of softwares. I've used that um, and I've developed a couple, uh, what we call web-based applications where producers can go and uh, access that information. Sometimes uh, when I've talked to producers in the past, it's been maybe a bit tedious. They don't know exactly how to navigate quick stats. Um, and so what I've done is I've developed a, uh, a web-based application to visualize the hog and pigs report. And this provides opportunities for producers to look at, you know, what is the farrowing? How has that performed historically over time? Uh, what are the quarterly specific trends? And specifically, how do you, uh, uh, how does this change across uh, space? You know, how do the different states compare? Um, that will be available at farm.unl.edu under the livestock section and under the decision support tools. Uh, uh, free resource for producers to use to visualize all that great information, Nick, that, that you and um, other statisticians and federal employees throughout the uh, NAS have been gathering. So thank you for, for that. And for producers who are interested, um, they can contact me 
myself, uh, Dr. Elliot Dennis at the Department of Agricultural Economics um, at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln for, for more information on that. Thank you, Nick, for joining me today. I appreciate you taking some time on this podcast to summarize the webinar. Uh, for producers who are interested, uh, the webinar recording if, uh, where Nick goes into much greater detail on specifically on the on what NAS does on the quarterly hog and pigs report and where I provide a more detail what this uh, web-based application look like um, can be found at farm.unl.edu and looking under our webinar series. Thanks again, Nick, for, for joining us and hope everyone has a great day. This has been Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For decision-making tools, articles, podcasts, videos, and more, visit us online at farm.unl.edu.